Welcome to the Mach 1 Market Moment Podcast with the team at Mach 1 Financial Group. The Mach 1 Market Moment Podcast starts now. Thanks for joining us for another edition of the Mach 1 Market Moment. I'm Walter Strohlt with you this week alongside Kyle Alexander of Mach 1 Financial Group. Kyle is a retirement income planning specialist. Kyle, you doing all right today? Good to chat with you. Oh, man, Walter, I'm doing great. It's a beautiful day here, and I hope you're doing well, too. And, uh, of course, it's also bonus season for some of the big corporations in the area, too. And uh, that's that's always interesting uh, in my world. I uh, get a lot of interesting questions from folks about that particular topic. So it's it's post-tax season, and, and then all of these other things start happening, too. It makes for a busy uh Busy spring, to be sure. Absolutely. And if you are in the lineup to get one of those big bonuses that a lot of companies are handing out right now, as it is bonus season after all, and and certainly a lot of folks in the area may be experiencing this as well, you'll want to pay particularly close attention to our discussion today because Kyle and the team at Mach 1 Financial Group have taken the time to put together a white paper. Title of the white paper that you wrote, Kyle, is Can You Buy More Time Enjoying Retirement? How about with that bonus that you got? And I think it's a catching headline because buying time is the one thing we kind of always hear. You know, It's the one thing money can't buy is, is more time in a lot of ways. And this is actually a, a nice way to view this conversation and the fact that can you actually buy more time enjoying retirement with the bonus check that folks maybe have just received in their hands. So take us through what inspired you to kind of write this white paper and and then uh, take us through some of the you know intriguing information that you've uh, found in your research and what we should really be thinking about right now. You know, I came from the corporate environment. I've, I've observed a lot of things prior to becoming a financial advisor, uh, spent 20 years in the uh, in the corporate world. And, and it was great. It was a great experience. I had a lot of observations from my mentors who were 20 and, and 30 years uh, with the company, uh, my senior. And uh, a lot of those guys, I saw them near retirement and they became real close friends of mine. I learned a lot from them. So hearing those guys talk a lot about their own personal experiences and preparing for retirement ultimately gave me a lot of, uh, let's call it vicarious learning on some of the things that uh, they did that they wish they hadn't have done. And so that was part of the inspiration for this particular dialogue today. And so, you know, and the other thing, and I'll just be blunt, we, we get a lot of questions from from our clients along this line about this time of year. And so when that happens, you know, we get a lot of interesting dialogue that can be rather challenging sometimes because people want to do what they want to do with their money. And, uh, and it puts us in a kind of a precarious position if we think that uh, maybe it's not the best decision. And of course, we try to stay away from the politics of that and really just talk to them about the math, right? And, and ultimately, that's that's all we can do. So I'll just go back and say, uh, Walter, I'm, I'm glad you asked the question. And I'll start by saying, as a financial advisor, one of the biggest challenges we face is the fact that planning for retirement is, well, let's face it, kind of boring to most people. It's probably a good thing, I guess, in general for our clients and, and the folks that tune into our show that both David and I are kind of geeks and we really sort of enjoy it. <laughs> so good, bad, or indifferent. I think that's something that, that helps other people if this is not an expertise or being an area a, of interest. Right? Being a geek these days is a good thing, Kyle. So no worries there. <laughs> Man, I don't remember that from junior <laughs> high, but okay, I'll take it. <laughs> so... So uh, most of my junior high friends uh, and, and high school friends would probably agree with that. Uh, hey, you know, geeks run the know. world now, baby. <laughs> oh, man, I hope so. Well, that and the Irish, right? Something like that. Yeah, something like that, yeah. <laughs> so, 
So anyway, regardless, it's, it's really hard to compete with the joy of instant gratification in our culture, especially when it comes to a sudden windfall of extra cash like a big annual bonus. For the most part, you know, that word bonus really sort of conjures up a number of thoughts along those lines, like maybe an awesome trip to the beach with your family, uh, perhaps Hawaii, you know, that's always romantic, right? Or maybe a brand new boat. We live uh, in a great area for boating and, and some beautiful lakes around here. We see a lot of people on new motorbikes uh, this time of year. Harleys uh, have a tendency to run up and down Highway 7 and the roads over to Eureka Springs and things of that nature. So that's also very interesting in terms of where that bonus money can end up. And of course, uh, if you're like me, you like sports cars. And uh, and a lot of times that shiny sports car could be in the cards for a person if they're if they've got the right money for that. Right. So your emotions actually say I can have fun right now. Here are a bunch of different things I could spend this money on. And that's pretty cool. Your rational side says, I guess I can save that money and put it away for the future. Eh, that's not very exciting. Ho-hum. <laughs> so, yeah, no good. Um, oh, man, it, it's true. And it, there's nothing fun about it, you know, to, to save money. It, I guess you can get a kick out of it if you're me or David. But other than that, it's probably not all that much, you know, entertainment value to it. But I envision this whole scene in my mind of this little devil on one shoulder whispering, Hey, hey, Eddie, you know, you're not going to live forever. Live it up. Spend that bonus on you, man. You deserve it. Can you hear that voice in your head? I can, it's awful. I can I'm hear it. I can see it on my shoulder, too. <laughs> okay. And then on the other shoulder, let's envision uh, that little angel. And he's admonishing you, right? Edward, for shame, you should be setting that money aside for a rainy day. And what about the kids' college? Don't you want them to be happy and successful, too? So you see this conundrum that we're all facing, right? These little things in our head that are telling us what we need to do with this big check we just got. And I think that's a good conversation to have in your mind. Don't you think, Walter? I agree. And not just this situation, but many in life. Always good to kind of take stock in those different ways of, you know, what directions am I being pulled in? Yeah, exactly. So... I'm with you. And I think it just takes some time to pause and think through them. So, but I can tell you that that voice of guidance, or at least in this case, the little angel, you know, he or she's probably got a pretty hard time shouting loud enough to overcome the siren call of a shiny new boat or sports car. It's a whole lot more interesting than saving. So uh, how does a guy like me get that message across when confronted with this situation by a client or a neighbor? Should I spend this bonus? Should I spend some of it? Should I save some of it? Should I save all of it? So I took it upon myself to say, you know, I could probably do a podcast or blog post or provide some math to amplify the point that maybe that little angel would try and make, the voice of reason. So I hope at least uh, with this conversation today, we can, we can change some minds about how to view money, how to view investing, and how to view what you do with bonus money and, and what it can mean to you in terms of your retirement. So hopefully we can we can accomplish that. So let's start out with an old saying. Money can't buy happiness, but it can buy some really cool cars. <laughs> I, I mean, I hear that at the car shows, right? I think that's true. But what if I told you you might be able to buy some extra retirement years with that fat bonus? I don't have a good quote for that, but nevertheless, it's kind of the same idea. So the best way to explain how all this might work 
is to provide a potential real-life example. So the story might go something like this. Your wife has a, I don't know, 2014 Honda Pilot for that daily commute and taking care of the kids or all those family activities you've got going on. And you, the uh, other party in this relationship that's leading the family to, uh, to greatness, so to speak, you've got a practical Toyota Camry for your daily 20-mile commute to corporate headquarters, okay? But you just got this nice bonus, and now you've got your eyes set on a brand new, let's call it 2018 Mazda Miata convertible, red at that. That's kind of neat. And, uh, you know, it might even have leather and perhaps a performance package. And you're thinking, yeah, this is, this is what I want, man. I'm going to, I'm going to blow that money on something I really want. And a, and, and a good sound system for listening to the Mach 1 market <laughs> moment too, right? <laughs> yeah, man, that's really nice. Thanks. Thanks for the plug there. So, there you go. So, um, it's funny because the wife, you know, she's kind of taken by this little car too. She likes it, you know, and she says pragmatically though. Yes, you can get the Miata, but you have to buy it used, right? The voice of pragmatism. So that's cool. So in other words, don't blow the whole bonus buying a car you don't really need. So now you're off to buy the slightly used red Miata convertible with a performance package and an awesome audio system, right? There you go. All right. So you're out there shopping. You find two red ones, a 2010 Miata for about $15,000 and a used 2016 Miata for about $23,900. Okay. So that's easy, right? You went out there, you, you did some Craigslist shopping, you saw a few out there. And by the way, these are relatively close prices uh, for, for this type of vehicle in the ages that I gave. As fate would have it, man, your bonus is exactly $23,000. Isn't that interesting? So you go out and you're able to negotiate the price of the car down to $23,000 remarkably from $23,900 and you pay cash. So, hey, man, you're off and running. But that little angel is in there somewhere, and he says, not so fast, Edward. Let's do some math first. And maybe you want to talk to your financial advisor. And you're like, oh, come on, please. And it just so happens your financial advisor had mentioned that you could go on to kbb.com, which is kellybluebook.com, and get the true cost of ownership over five years for any vehicle you might be in the market for. So you can understand what your actual cash outlay might look like over a five-year period. And he suggests that that might be a good idea before writing any check for a vehicle. And you kind of remember this conversation. And you're like, okay, what a buzzkill, right? I, I, I was excited about this red Miata. I got the money. I'm ready to do it. I've always wanted. Hey, come on. I got to get this garbage going on in my head out of the way. I want to do what I want to do. But you like that financial guy so much that you humor him and the angel, too. Plus, you happen to know from a magazine that you read on the way back from San Francisco that the Miata is KBB's top three least expensive sports cars to own. So you're thinking, yeah, man, I'm still on top of my game here. Nobody's got, got one on me. So, And you happen to remember in the back of your mind that your advisor said he would like you to invest your bonus money as a part of your retirement plan for maybe a 10-year period to help you add years in retirement, to help you retire early. Boring, snore, 
no. (laughs) (laughs) So here's what we do. We follow the advisor's advice and we go out to kbb.com and you find out some interesting information. So conveniently, just like your advisor says, KBB lays out all the costs for you to own that used 2016 Mazda in your town. So I'm not going to go through all the details of the expenses of that, okay? But I would give you all the categories and some totals. So the price of the car was $23,000 cash. No payments, no interest, not a bad start. But don't forget, you got to pay taxes, sales and property tax, insurance, and you happen to be a good driver, 48 years old, so it's not going to be terrible. Registration, depreciation, maintenance, repairs. Fortunately, you know, it's a Mazda, so it's not terrible either. So that's not too bad. Fuel, relatively fuel-efficient vehicle, but you got to pay that every year, too, if you're going to drive it. 15,000 miles a year or so on national average uh, conversion. And then, of course, you're going to want to buy some accessories. All of those things added up, you know, are going to be pretty sizable total. So let's figure out what your total first year operating cost will be, according to KBB and some of my estimates. It's going to be about $9,114 for the first year of ownership. And again, that's over and above the price of the car. So given that your little angel, your financial advisor, probably your wife, they're going to want you to add the purchase price in there which actually means your first year total cost of ownership is $32,114. So the worst is over, right? Well, probably not. And Walter, before I say or do anything else, in full disclosure and for simplicity, I am not saying any investment firm can guarantee any rate of return, and we're certainly not factoring in the taxes on gains or specifying whether your investment should be in some qualified retirement account or we're certainly not making any promises or investment recommendations regarding the outcome of your investments because everyone's situation will be different. So from this point on, the following examples are to make a point regarding the opportunity cost and for the sake of time, just to convey the idea of saving and the impact of compound interest. Okay, so please, all those guys that are out there listening to this, no second guessing or hate mail from our friends in the CPA world or certainly other financial friends who are in this business. Okay. So this is just an illustration of what might be right. Okay. With that being said, now what if we invested that lump sum of $32,114, which was the total first year cost and compounded that over 10 years, just like your advisor said you might want to do targeting your desired retirement age at age 58. So the total value of that investment in 10 years at 6% annual interest compounded monthly is $58,428.11. Simple enough equation, right? Yeah, makes sense to me, Kyle. What if we took the five-year amount you would have spent on the car, then subtract what you could sell it for in five years, plus the lost opportunity of investing the funds in compound interest over 10 years, and do some math to change your perspective on how you might use this bonus? So first, we would have spent $55,124 over five years, less the selling price of the vehicle in the future of $15,000 yields an actual cost of $40,124, which isn't too bad. And you're starting to hear that little devil in your mind. That's not too bad, right? (laughs) It was a little more than the value of the car and the first couple years of expenses. So you can live with it. Let's add the heaping coals from the little devil to this hack math problem and consider what what might actually have happened had you invested the money each year. 
that you would have spent on the operating cost of the vehicle for five years, again, earning 6% annually compounded monthly. So a quick refresher, that cost number was $40,124 after the sale of the used Miata is actually factored in. And using my handy-dandy compounding formula calculator with an original deposit of $8,024, which is $8,000 up front, and another $8,000 for the next four years, leading to $40,124 for five years. So the future value of that investment is $47,559 or a gain of $7,435 earned instead of a life of fun and frivolity. Okay. So I'm not about to add those two numbers together because then your hack math problem can get really confusing. Instead, I'm going to pose a question to you. What if you had $32,000 to invest today instead of spending that money for the Miata in year one? In addition, what if you added the annual operating expenses of $8,024, its ongoing principal each year for five years to your original investment, and you earn a mythical 6% interest annually compounded monthly for five years. Wow. You do the math on that, that's $91,350.98 future value in five years or with a gain of $19,227 in interest. Ooh. That's big, man. That number That's keeps real. growing. Keeps growing. That's right. I have a feeling you're not even done yet. Oh, no. I'm not <laughs> done yet. But wait, there's more. <laughs> but wait, there's more. I love it, man. That's awesome. So then let's say for fun that the 91000 sits invested for the final four full years leading to your retirement date at age 58 without adding another dime. Now, that's $116,060.43 in total that you have now set aside for retirement over that 10-year period. Yep, the interest you earned in just the last few years before retirement was $24,000, which is the cost of the Miata 10 years prior, roughly. Oh, and don't forget the interest you earned in the first five years. And when you add those two numbers together, that comes to a total interest earned of $43,936.45. So one question I cannot answer, which is how we started this whole thing, is how many years of retirement that $116,000 plus or minus will actually buy you. Why can't I answer that question? Because I don't know your specific budget, your spending habits, your current salary, and other key data points, right? I don't know that because we're talking to an audience. However, if I did have that information, we can project what that $116,000 might actually buy you in terms of extra time in retirement. And that's kind of a compelling story and maybe a good reason to talk to an advisor. From this example, we actually know two things. One, Taking a cost equivalent of $32,000 in bonus money plus and blowing it at age 48 is not going to help or enhance your quality of life in retirement. Might buy you some fun for a few years. Two, having $116,000 at age 58 on top of all the other retirement dollars you have amassed in the prior 35 years of working will actually make the likelihood of retiring at 58 very possible. This isn't hard. Right. If you have a plan and you start saving for retirement as early as possible, especially when you have a coach, maybe a little angel, it helps you make good decisions along the way. That little devil is entertaining, but that little angel, well, he or she is looking out for your best interest. I do want you to have 
a guide, if you will, to this whole concept and idea of compound interest and using your bonus to save for retirement, at least one of them in your life. And so the best way to do that is to get a copy of our white paper and actually spend some time looking through this concept. And again, I encourage you to ask for it. It's easy to do. We'll be happy to send it. I'm not looking for a lot of feedback on where my math is wrong or my assumptions are incorrect because I'm really just trying to prove a point here. But I am interested in helping our community understand how important saving for retirement is and how effective compound interest can be versus the cost of not making good decisions. If you'd like to get a copy of that white paper, there's a couple of ways you can do it. If you're listening to the podcast version of this show, there's a link in the description that you can click on and it'll take you right to where you can get this white paper. If you would like to just reach out directly to the team, you can always do that. The office number is 479-876-2100. That's 479-876-2100. Well, Kyle, always a fun talking to you here on the Mako and Market Moment. Today's show was really fun. I enjoyed the details. Uh, oh, and you, you really kind of walked us through uh, quite the story from start to finish. That was fun. <laughs> well, I'm glad you enjoyed it. And uh, we're happy to help our community and uh, want people to make good decisions. And they can still buy fun and nice things and have a good time. Yep. But let's just use our heads while we do it. Thanks for joining us on this edition of the Mach 1 Market Moment. Advisory services offered through Fusion Capital Management, which is registered as an investment advisor with the SEC and only transacts business in states where it is properly registered or is excluded or exempted from registration requirements. SEC registration does not constitute an endorsement of the firm by the commission and does not imply that the advisor has achieved a particular level of skill or ability. Please consult your financial advisor as many financial and insurance products have associated fees. All investment strategies have the potential for profit or loss.